It's good to see you today for our joint service. I'll wait on the music to stop. That was the cue there. It's good to have you all today. I'm grateful that you've come for this Thanksgiving service today. Remember, we will have lunch following the morning worship service in the Family Life Center. If you notice on the outside of the building, they are working on the roof. And a portion of the roof is already on on the back side. Uh, you can uh, detect it because the roof is where the gutter is, where they installed the new gutter. So there's lots of work left to do, but it has started, and we're grateful for that. I'm glad you're here today. If you're visiting with us, we're delighted to have you. There is a tear-off on our bulletin that will give us information about you, and we would appreciate it if you would fill that out, place it in the offering plate. Uh, when it is passed, or give it to me or one of the deacons at the conclusion of the service at the door so that we might know better how to serve you. So I'm grateful. And again, welcome as we've come in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, remember, following this service at noon, it shouldn't take too long, uh, we will vote on uh, calling our youth pastor, uh, Dwight Hedges, and uh, that will be by secret ballot. Uh, you can vote, and then the votes will be tallied, and we will give you the, the uh, results in the uh, meal, okay? That way you don't have to wait here to hear the results. We'll just do that. They'll count them, and we will announce it at the meal so that you will know uh, the result of that vote. And then uh, tonight, the youth, it says 6 o'clock, but John asked me to let you know that they are meeting at 545. So the youth are meeting tonight beginning at 545. The Ladies Ensemble and Sounds of the Spirit will meet at 6. On Tuesday, the worship team will meet at 6.15, and this is a change from our normal schedule. The cantata rehearsal will be at 7 p.m. on Tuesday night in view of the Thanksgiving holiday. So on Wednesday, November the 23rd, though, the youth will meet at 6.15, but that is the only activity that will be taking place here on Wednesday evening, and the church office will be closed on Thursday and Friday in observance of Thanksgiving. Sandra Favoreau was supposed to make an announcement today, but pray for Sandra. She's in Memorial Regional Hospital with a kidney stone. She texted me early this morning and told me that she could not be with us today because of that. And so I will announce that the first Sunday in December, December the 4th, we will have as our guest William Hahn, who is a missionary to northern Ghana. I had the opportunity to meet his mother this past week when she came in and brought us some material related to uh, her son's ministry there and her daughter-in-law. But they will be our speaker, or he will be our speaker in both services on December the 4th. So I wanted to make you aware of that um, for Sandra. So I hope that you will come and hear what he has to say as we prepare for uh, the Christmas uh, missionary Lottie Moon offering. So I'm grateful again that you've come to be a part of this service today. And at this time, I need to recognize Elf Karen, who will come and give us the total for our shoe boxes, and then we will have a prayer of dedication. Behold, a Savior is born, and we have the opportunity to share that good news of Jesus Christ through a simple shoe box through a pencil, a pen, a toothbrush. We offer hope. We offer love. Our goal was 403 shoe boxes. How many did we do last year? 340. So far today, we have 383. 
thank you. And I know that more will come in. And I think the Lord will have us meet our goal of 403 shoeboxes today. Please listen for the bells when you're through eating over in the Family Life Center. And if many of us come and gather the boxes and take to the waiting vehicles right out here, very quickly they will be loaded and taken on to New Bethesda Baptist Church where they will make their next journey. And then by ship, by plane, by car, by camel, they will reach boys and girls who need hope, who need Jesus. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Gracious Lord, we are thankful that we have the opportunity to participate in ministry around the world. We're grateful for those who gave of their time to prepare these shoe boxes and gave of their resources to prepare them. And we pray, Father, for the children who will receive these boxes. May they know that because of our efforts that they are loved. They are loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless these boxes as they leave our church today and travel around the world. In the name of Jesus, amen.
through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. A couple verses down, it says this, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is free from sin. Baptism, symbol of a person dying to their sin, dying to their old self, and being raised into a new life, just as Christ was raised into the new life. This water symbolizes the blood of Jesus cleansing a person from their sin. And as I was driving here this morning, I heard uh, on the radio that beautiful hymn, Nothing But the Blood. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. We celebrate today the blood of Jesus cleansing a new believer. This is Mark Fisher. Mark has been in our youth group for quite some time. And uh, he came to me a couple weeks ago and told me that the Lord had really been working in his life over the past year and that uh, he wanted to get baptized. But he said first that he wanted to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So up in the youth room a couple weeks ago, he prayed, accepted Christ into his life and surrendered his life to him and confessed Jesus as Lord. And we're here today to baptize him as a symbol of what has happened in his life. Uh, before I do that, though, I want to read you a letter that one of his teachers wrote to him. This was this week after accepting Christ a couple weeks ago. She said this, Mark. I am so proud of your choices this year. You are an outstanding young man who is not afraid to stand up for your convictions. I think it's extra special that you want to share the love of Jesus with others. Keep it up. Now, folks, that's what it's all about. Amen? Amen. It's all about receiving Jesus as Lord and then taking him to the world. And we come to celebrate that today. Mark Fisher, yeah, you can turn. And um, I want to ask you this. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and believed on his name and surrendered your life to him? Yes, all right, amen. Well, now, Mark Fisher, in the presence of these many witnesses and in the presence of God, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ in baptism, raised to all in newness of life. Amen. We come today to celebrate Thanksgiving, and we come today being most thankful of our Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for you and for I. Amen. Let's pray before we worship this morning. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you came and you died and you were raised from the dead so that we, Father, could have life. Life here on earth in a relationship with you and life eternal in heaven one day with you forever. We thank you, God, that you are holy. We worship you today because you are mighty. And as we celebrate Thanksgiving, we are oh so thankful 
for the God that you are. May we come as thankful people and worship you today. Thank you for Mark. Thank you for his witness. And God, as he walks with Christ in his new life, I pray that you would walk with him, that he would worship you with his life, and that the gospel would be the very center focal point of everything that he is. We thank you for Jesus, our Savior, who went to the cross and endured the shame so that we, God, could be raised to a new life through that precious blood of Jesus that washes us white as snow. Thank you, God, for Jesus, in whose name we pray. As we continue this wonderful service of thanksgiving and worship, I invite you to take your hymnals and turn to hymn number 637, Come Ye Thankful People Come. Number 637, let's stand together as we sing.
No, we're at a time of the year where we like to give thanks and we reflect back on things in life that mean that are important to us. I'm re reminded of a verse, Romans 5, 8, that says, God demonstrated his love to us, and yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's something to think about. That's something to be thankful about, because we, if not for that, we wouldn't be able to be thankful for our food, for our health, and all the other things that matter to us. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning grateful as always. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the gift of life, for your son dying on the cross to save us, O oh Lord, giving us the right to the tree of life. O oh Lord, we come to you this morning not because we've done anything so worthy, and not because, of, Father, we've said anything so righteous, but because we come to honor and to praise you. We come, O oh Father God, to offer these tithes and these offerings to you this morning, O oh Lord, that you would take them, Father, and use them according to thy will and according to thy purpose, that it may edify thy kingdom and lift up thy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I failed to mention this morning that the flowers to my left and your right on the organ are given in memory of Catherine Beasley, who passed away um, the week before last. Now her funeral service was on Tuesday. It's Lenny Adams' mother-in-law. And so we are, uh, they fit right in, don't you, with the theme today. And I'm grateful that they shared those beautiful flowers with us today. Also, I would like to say this. um, Very rarely do you get to say uh, publicly to someone thank you, but there is a uh, gentleman here this morning, and he uh, may embarrass him to point him out, but I'm going to do it anyway, Dr. Gerald Borcher, who was my New Testament professor 30 years ago at Southern Seminary. And so anything that's wrong that I say out of the New Testament, you can blame on Dr. Borchard. <laughs> that's not true, but I want to thank him for the foundation he laid for me uh, all those many years ago. And it's a joy to have you in the congregation today and your wife, Doris, uh, as well, who also supervised uh, Janet, my wife, in uh, supervised ministry in the education experience many, many years ago, too. And Ronnie... Davis is with us today, and Ronnie told me, I was whispering to him that Dr. Borchard was here, and he said, well, Dr. Borchard sat on his uh, Ph.D. uh, committee, so you all can connect, too, after the service, but uh, so there are two uh, Southern Seminary alumni here. There are more than two. Brenda Jennings is here. She's also an alumni of Southern Seminary, and uh, we both uh, sat under Dr. Borchard, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, all those years ago and for the foundation he laid. Let's uh, bow for prayer. Eternal God, we are grateful that we can pause to give thanks today and every day. For Father, there are many people in our lives that have influenced us along life's journey. We're thankful, Father, for Mark and for his baptism this morning. We're thankful, Father, for our child care center because we know that Mark is a product of child care in his earlier years. And he has grown up with us in this place and has been nurtured in the faith and came to that point where he gave his life to you. We know, Father, that as we journey through life that we can look back and see so many things that we can be thankful for. And yet, Father, we know that there are also many things that trouble us along the way. And so we pray, Father, that you will be with those who are in need this morning because of illness, because of injury, because of emotional distress, spiritual distress. All of those things, Father, that trouble us and plague us as human beings, we pray that as we give them to you, that we might give thanks that you are a God who cares and understands. And you've called on us to pray. We pray, Father, that your will would be done in our lives as we seek to minister in the name of Jesus Christ. We are grateful, Father, that as we come together as a church family today, that we can give thanks to the name of our Savior. May we, Father, recognize that we have a mission that is given to us from you. And may we, Father, use what we have been given to reach others for Jesus Christ. We're thankful, Father, for our missionaries 
around the world for the work that they put out in an effort to draw others closer to you in ministries around the world. We know, Father, they give up so much. And yet we know, Father, also that you have called them to go. And we pray, Father, that as we pray, they might feel the power of our prayers. Father, we are grateful that as we open your word this morning, that we will find truth and meaning for our lives. Bless us, Father, as we seek to listen with our heads and with our hearts. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Sometimes I make assumption you know people, and most of us know Ronnie Davis. Ronnie and Gail are here uh, for a couple of months in our Alpha House with their youngest son, Samuel. They used to come and bring four children. Now they only have one to bring. The rest of them have flown the nest, and uh, they are missionaries to South Africa. And we're grateful to have them. Ronnie and Gail are always a blessing to us when they're here. And uh, I thought, well, people say, well, who's Ronnie Davis if you don't know? But I thought most of us would know. I've changed my mind on my sermon this morning. Uh, I did it this morning, changed my mind. Uh, we're just, it's still a sermon of thanksgiving. I'm just changing my scripture to the 118th Psalm 
verses 1 through 18. I have that prerogative to do. Uh, the music I knew would match. And so uh, it's still a sermon on Thanksgiving. Uh, the stewardship of gratitude, the stewardship of thanksgiving. But we read verses 1 through 18. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They surround me, yes they surround me, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They surrounded me like bees. They were quenched like a fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. If, as someone has said, the giving of thanks is a vaccine, an antitoxin, an antiseptic, what person is there who does not need such protection against spiritual infection? He who receives a benefit with gratitude, said the Roman philosopher Lucius Seneca, repays the first installment on his debt. In our text, the psalmist tells us several things about thanksgiving. First, he tells us its object, O give thanks unto the Lord. As James tells us, every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. God owns all things. Second, the psalmist tells us it's reasonableness, for he is gracious, for he is good. The abundance of his blessings flows naturally out of the graciousness of his character. And third, the psalmist tells us its motivation. His mercy endures forever. This note is sounded throughout the psalm. As two men were walking through a field one day, they spotted an enraged bull. Instantly they darted toward the nearest fence. The storming bull followed in hot pursuit, and it was soon apparent they wouldn't make it. Terrified, the one shouted to the other, Put up a prayer, John. We're in for it. John answered, I can't. I've never made a public prayer in my life, but you must now, implored his companion. The bull is catching up to us. All right, panted John. I'll say the only prayer I know. The one my father used to repeat at the table. 
O Lord, for what we are about to receive, make us truly thankful. And isn't that life? Not everything goes our way. Sometimes the bulls are enraged against us and we fear for our very lives. Figuratively and sometimes literally. But what about thanksgiving? Gratitude is a grace, a gift from God. Like all His gifts, we can take it or we can leave it. We can use it or neglect it. In this, as in all good things, we have a stewardship. Our stewardship of thanksgiving must be constant. It must be unvarying. We should give thanks at all times, under all circumstances, but that's far easier for me to say than it is for me to do. But we know that God has a plan for our lives. At Manville Encampment Encampment in Louisiana one summer, a man asked to give the message at the morning watch. A 30-minute service before breakfast. There had been a great deal of griping and groaning, of criticizing and complaining. Sounds like a Baptist church. He spoke on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything, give thanks. Urging that for one day, at least, we put Paul's words to the test. Demonstrating its power to ourselves. Maybe it was just for kicks. But those young people actually did what was requested. When a table waiter brought food to a table, everybody at the table said thank you. When a speaker had brought his message, when a teacher taught a class, when a recreational leader had led in one of these sessions, when any person had done something for another person in the encampment that day, the beneficiary said, thank you. For a day, this remade the place. By the time of the evening meal, the whole encampment was bubbly, Why should we not be this constant in expressing our thanks to one another every day and always and especially to God? In times of prosperity, we should give thanks. By and large, we are an affluent people by the standards of the world. The bounty of our tables on Thursday will demonstrate this. Whether prosperity makes good or ill depends in part on the spirit in which we receive. Are we thankful? God has given us this grace. Are we using the grace of thanksgiving? Are you thankful for what God has given you? Or are you always looking for what is next? We are conditioned that way in the world to think that way, aren't we? Whenever some new gadget comes out, there is this push to get us to understand our need for it and give up what we already have. The cell phone industry makes billions of dollars off of us because they come out with a new model each year that tweaks just a little bit the things that were in the previous model and they make it so that it's the best thing that has ever come along. And we heard last year that that was the best that had ever come along. But in prosperity, sometimes we forget to be thankful. 
In times of adversity, we should give thanks. Some will say that this is the hardest of all, and it is, but this it will bless our lives as it helps us to grow to be like Him. We see this psalmist says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. It is by God's mercy that we are here today. It is by God's mercy that we have been given the opportunity to receive Christ as Savior. In the midst of utter desolation, we know the prophet Habakkuk gave thanks. He said, for though the fig tree shall not flourish, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no food. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in Jehovah, I will joy in the God of my salvation. He understood that regardless of what happens to us in this life, regardless of what adversity may come, that the greatest gift has been given to us because the mercy of the Lord endures forever. He has given us salvation. That is truly thanksgiving. Someone has said to him, now thank the Thank we all our God was written when the news of the end of the 30 years war was announced. Even though the population had been decimated by a terrible plague which left scarcely a household without someone dead, when our pilgrim forefathers celebrated that first Thanksgiving, they were still in dark days, but they were thankful because they understood that God had brought them as far as they were at that point. In times of doubt... We should give thanks. This is difficult indeed, but by God's help we can do it. No matter how dark the day or how heavy the clouds, there are some things we know for certain. First, we know that high above the clouds, the sun is shining unhindered and undimmed. We know that God is there for us. You know that feeling on a cloudy day, don't you? When the clouds are ominous, And it's dark outside and gloomy. In the back of our minds, what do we always know? Even though we can't see the sun, the sun is there. The sun is shining as bright as ever above the clouds. We live our lives sometimes trapped in by the clouds and the fog banks of life without recognizing that even in the midst of those difficult days, God is there. We know there is one who knows the way. In his gospel, John tells us that before the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus asked Philip where they were to buy bread so all the people might eat. John adds parenthetically, And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Thank God for one in this universe who knows what to do. There are times in my life when I don't know what to do. There are times in your life when you don't know what to do. But thanks be to God that He knows. As is evidence in the Scripture, we see very clearly, He knew what He was going to do to feed the people. He wanted to know if they had faith enough to believe that He could do it. 
Third, we know that there is a way that is right and true, and that way will win in the end. Even in the darkest day, if we have ears to hear, we might hear God's voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. He shared that with his disciples in the upper room the night that he was betrayed, didn't he? When they said, we don't know where you're going and how can we know the way? He told us the way to go. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by or through me. He knows the way. Have you ever tried to keep up with someone who knows the way? There's always a little anxiety when you're following somebody if you don't know exactly where you're going, but you're depending on someone else to get you there. So life is filled with those kinds of anxieties. And sometimes God knows where He's going and where He's taking us, and we don't know where that is, and so we are frightened. But He has done that all throughout the Scripture. He wants us to understand that His mercy endures forever and that He has our best interest at heart all the time. A woman once said, I'm a thankful Christian, but sometimes I forget to thank God for the things that haven't happened. Not this year. I'm grateful for the accidents I wasn't involved in, the illnesses that never developed, and the times I could have been mugged but wasn't. I'm thankful my house didn't burn down when I left the iron on for five hours. I'm thankful that when we left the garage door up all night, something wasn't taken. Sometimes I forget to thank God for electricity, but this Thanksgiving I'll make a point of it. I'm also thankful for indoor plumbing. Isn't that nice? Anesthetics. Ever since my daughter nearly sheared her fingertip in the bathroom door, I'm thankful for every uneventful day. I'm thankful for my small son's paraphrase of Psalm 100. Enter into his gates on Thanksgiving. I'm glad I have someone to thank. But our stewardship of thanksgiving must be discerning. When Paul wrote to the Philippians, forgetting those things which are behind, he did not mean that he wants to forget such things as his experiences with Christ on the Damascus Road. In fact, he told that story again and again. He did not forget God's help in hard places nor his guidance when he didn't know which way to turn. Like Paul, our thanksgiving must be discerning. True thanksgiving remembers the best of the past. True thanksgiving sees the blessings of today, the blessings of the present. Ours is a day of uncertainty and confusion, of war and strife, of injustices and evil. Instead of bemoaning our lot, we should say, what a day to be alive. Search and see such turbulent volcanic times have been the creative ages of history. One of the church fathers, Polycarp, said, My God, in what century you have caused me to live? Polycarp was born about A.D. 70. He was burned at the stake at the age of 86 because he refused to swear by the fortune of Caesar. He understood where mercy rests. He understood the power that comes to those who put Christ first in their lives. 
But even more important, true thanksgiving undergirds us for the future. Perhaps the most remarkable of the recorded prayers of Jesus is his prayer before the tomb of Lazarus, a man dead four days. He prayed to the Father in the past tense as he thanked God for what God was about to do as though it were already an accomplished fact. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. Our faith can never compare with His, but we do have the promises of God. We can thank God for what we know He will do for us. In the material world, science promises us some wonderful things. The same is true in the realm of general knowledge. If we desire, He will so bless us in the realm of the Spirit. Be thankful today for the future. Be thankful for what God can continue to do through us as we serve Him in the local church and around the world. Our stewardship of thanksgiving must be vocal. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, the psalmist cried. And should we not also testify of His goodness and love? A man tells of returning from an around-the-world trip in 1970. He went through customs in Honolulu, Hawaii. He was asked, have you anything to declare? This meant, and you know, if you travel internationally, do you have anything in your baggage purchased abroad which you should pay customs as you bring it back into the United States? But the question is interesting, spiritually interpreted. Have you anything to declare? Well, do you? What is there in your mental and spiritual luggage To declare, to declare with thanksgiving to God. Didn't it warm your heart to hear the note from the teacher at Stonewall Jackson Middle School? Sent to Mark. Stand up. Be vocal for what you believe. Robert Louis Stevenson, in pain much of his life, was sure that the man who had forgotten to be thankful had fallen asleep in life. Thousands today who are not thankful to God are walking around in their sleep. We have so much to be thankful for. God has been gracious to each of us in life, no matter what life has thrown at us. We are here today, worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God who has given to us something that we could not obtain on our own. He has given us life through his son, our Savior. A good king in Spain known as Alfonso IX learned that the boys who served in his court were forgetting to pray before their meals. So he decided to teach them a lesson. He gave a banquet and invited them to attend. Midway through the dinner, a ragged beggar came in, sat down, and began eating ravenously. When he was finished, he went out without saying a word. 
That ungrateful wretch ought to be whipped, shouted the boys. He ate the king's food and never showed gratitude. Quietly the king rose to his feet and silence fell over the group. Daily you have taken the rich blessings of life from the hand of your heavenly father, said the king. You've enjoyed his sunshine, breathed his air, eaten his food. He has provided and you have not bothered to say thank you. You are more ungrateful than that beggar. Let us be thankful for the lavish beauty of the natural world. Let us be thankful that we live in this heaven-blessed land. Let us be thankful that Christ is our Savior and Lord. A little boy went to the church every day for five days to pray in England. The pastor of the church approached the boy on the fifth day, put his arm on his shoulder and said to him, understand this was at the height of the evacuation from Dunkirk or to Dunkirk. He asked the little boy, do you have someone in the thick of the battle? He said, I did. My father. But he's safe now. Well, why are you here? He said, because I came to thank God for his deliverance. How many times in life has God delivered you and you failed to see it? How many times in life have you had the mercy of God given to you in such a way that you could not describe it? And yet you didn't give thanks. The psalmist understood it. He got it right here, but he got it right in another place too, didn't he? The 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. In other words, God walks with us in prosperity and in adversity, in anxiety, in fear, and in calmness and security. He is there. And like the psalmist, we too should say, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Shall we pray? Oh Lord, we are thankful for the power of your word. For it calls us to a closer relationship with you. It calls us to be thankful. For every good and every perfect gift. For they come from above. Speak to our hearts. As we seek to serve you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Our invitation hymn. Is number 644. Count your blessings. Certainly. This Sunday before Thanksgiving, 
It's something we all should engage in as we seek to come to terms with what God has done for us. The invitation is open to anyone who would receive Christ as Savior. Whatever your desires, we stand and sing hymn number 644. We are a Baptist church, and so we have a matter of business to attend to. But let me um, say, before I recognize Alan, our moderator, to come, uh, and uh, we take the vote on our pastoral, our youth pastor candidate, uh, if you are visiting with us, we would love to have you stay for lunch. And you are welcome to stay here while we vote. Um, we just ask that you not take a ballot if you're not a member of the congregation. Uh, or you can excuse yourself and make your way to the Family Life Center, or you can uh, go home, whatever your desire may be. Uh, I just don't want you to feel that you're held here, but if you would like to stay, this shouldn't take very long to do, uh, or if you'd like to make your way to the Family Life Center, you can do that as well. It's up to you. But if the congregation, if you would be seated, and I'll recognize Alan Atkins to come, uh, and uh, he will conduct this business. I will now call the Cancer uh, Baptist Church into business session. Let the uh, minutes reflect that this meeting has been properly advertised and a quorum is present. This Can you hear me now? Let me just start over again. I now declare this business session in session. Let the minutes reflect that this meeting has been properly advertised and a quorum is present. The purpose of this meeting is to hear a recommendation from the youth pastor search team, and I'll call on the co-chairs, Brian Brockton and Terry Beck, to come forth with their recommendation. Good morning. Great. We hope everybody got the opportunity to meet Dwight Hedges last weekend, um, either as we called him together with the, uh, with the youth on Saturday or at least got to hear his testimony on Sunday. Um, if you did, you will understand why we're so excited to make the recommendation to the church that we uh, offer a call to Dwight Hedges for a full-time youth pastor position. You've heard the recommendation from the uh, pastor search team. Let's get away. 
<laughs> is there any discussion? Is there any discussion? Hearing none, we'll proceed to vote. But first, I will read you the guidelines that we'll uh, utilize this morning. The vote will be by ballot as provided in our bylaws. Section two of our bylaws on the church offices requires a three-fourths vote to call. Only members of McCancel Baptist Church are eligible to vote. Sunday school only members or members of other organizations of the church are not eligible to vote. There is no age restriction on a member who wishes to vote. If you're a member of McCancel Baptist Church, you're eligible to vote. Ballots will be delivered to you by a teller. When the teller comes to your row, please raise your hand indicating you're a member of the McCancel Baptist Church. You will mark your ballot either yes or no. If you make an error, raise your hand and a teller will exchange your ballot for a clean one. Ballots not clearly marked will be declared illegal and not counted. Fold the ballot in half. And I'm deferring that dismissal to Ronnie Davis. I'm asking him to come and I'll offer the benediction and the blessing. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Lord, we gather with such thankfulness today, being reminded of your grace and mercy. And Lord, we move from this place with confidence that we are, there's no place that we will be that you are not. And so we give thanks again. Lord, as we leave this place, may indeed you move us and challenge us to be the light and salt that you've called us to be. And as we go to a time of fellowship, we thank you for the blessedness of creating family that is for, that you have born among us. And for the time of fellowship we'll have and the blessing of the food, may it nourish us and nourish our bodies. May we in turn get nourishment for your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.